Hello, welcome back. Another episode of Top of the Hill is finally here. It's been a lot going on lately and we haven't been able to put out any episodes. We've recorded some, but we just sent those ones to the nether and we're here. We have it all. We did a really great interview. We'll get more into that on the show. Very excited to share that with you guys, but there's been some pretty big sports going on in our time off and that was the NBA Finals. We're going to sit here and we're going to break it down for you from our perspectives. Likely you've seen it already, but hey, listen to our takes too. And with that being said, let's get rolling on Top of the Hill. Hello and welcome back to Top of the Hill. I'm your host, Logan Hill, joined by my friend, Tyler Kirk. Tyler, how are we doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm good, man. It's been, we've recorded some episodes that never made the airwaves, so we've been in the lab, been in the studio, but to our listeners, they'll probably think that we haven't seen each other in months. What's been going on with you these days? You go first and then I'll let everybody know what I've been up to. You're just going to talk about Kanye? Maybe. <laughs> supposed to drop. Dropping Thursday night, most likely. Um, just work and basketball, balling. Uh, yeah, work, yard work, more work, basketball. Absolutely. Work has me down bad lately because I've been working so often. But I'm just trying to stack as much money as I can before I head back to school college, in the fall. Yeah. Have a good, have a good beer. enjoyable senior year. Well, I'll be 21, so I can have my first adult there soda. I'll be very excited. Did you say adult soda? Yeah, I started calling it that. All I right. think it's kind of funny. I'm going to head out. No, stop. Don't leave. We have to record this episode. So like I said in the intro, haven't done a podcast in a while. Well, we have, but we haven't published a podcast yeah. in a while. So we're back, and we're here to talk it all. We actually, did we even do game one of the NBA Finals? I don't think so. So I don't think we provided any coverage of the NBA Finals. And that had me like really down bad about it. I was thinking the whole time... We need to put something out. We need mm-hmm. to put something out. We need to put something out. And then game six rolled around Tuesday night when it wrapped up. So let me just backtrack and then I'll get back to what I was saying is if you've been living under a rock and you haven't seen the results, the Milwaukee Bucks defeated the Phoenix Suns to win the NBA Finals, their first title in 50 years. Finals MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo. I wonder how many times I'm going to have to say that last <laughs> name tonight. But anyways, I was thinking we have to put something out. We have to put something out. We have to put something out. We were going to record on Tuesday and put it out Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it during the game. And I got home, I got ready to start setting up, and then I just, I sat back and I thought, this could be the last basketball game of the season. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's a weird season, so there will be basketball again this year. But it's such a journey. Every season in professional sports is a journey, and no matter what way you look at it. And I just wanted to, I wanted to be an NBA fan for a night, mm-hmm. not an NBA cover, you know, podcaster, yeah. blogger, whatever you want to call it. I just wanted to watch what happened, and I was treated to an excellent excellent game six Mm -hmm. so let's let's start at the beginning and kind of go through it so the phoenix suns took the first two games and at that point it was looking like it was going to be phoenix in four Mm -hmm. phoenix clean sweep they were playing great chris paul was good devin booker was good ayton was out of deandre ayton that is out of his mind Mm -hmm. series goes back to milwaukee milwaukee takes game three Mm -hmm. next game in milwaukee milwaukee takes game four they had back to phoenix and what was a great great game five it came down it was kind of not that interesting most of the way. And then fourth in the, quarter, in the yeah. fourth quarter, in the final minute specifically. With Giannis on the The Bucks alley-oop. were up. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I can't goodness. believe they did that. But we'll, get to, we'll get to that in a yeah. second because I could talk for five minutes about that. But yeah. in the final minute, the Suns were down for most of the second half. They were able to literally come back and close the gap to mm-hmm. one point. Yep. And then Giannis did Giannis Greek things. freak type yeah. things. So we'll start there. Or I guess let's start back where was your mind at after Phoenix took game one and game two? Yeah, Suns and four for sure. I, I did not think that the Bucks could come back from that because the Suns have been playing lights-out basketball this whole postseason, and they go up 2-0. Even though it was going back to Milwaukee, I thought worst-case scenario for the Suns, the Bucks take uh, either game three or game four, and they head back home up 3-1. So I did not think at all that they would go down or, you know, have the series tied going back home 
Yeah, ultimately, I was the same way. Yeah. Is I after the Suns swept the Nuggets, I bought one of those from Barstool. I bought a Suns and Four shirt because I just thought that was so cool. And mm-hmm. then when the finals rolled around, they won the first two, and I said, if they sweep the finals, that shirt becomes legendary. Now that shirt just sucks, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But yeah, the same way they, I figured Milwaukee was going to win a game because mm-hmm. they're a good team. They yep. deserve to be in the finals. They took Game Three at home in front of your home crowd. That's always like it's a big make or break yeah. moment. But then to take game four and really mm-hmm. just the nail in the coffin ended up being game five because it was in Phoenix. And so you head back to Milwaukee. You're thinking in your mind, well, can the Suns really steal one in Milwaukee? Because mm-hmm. Milwaukee's definitely going to want to close it out in front of their home fans. Mm-hmm. Let the crowd go crazy. Let the arena go crazy. The city go crazy. And that's ultimately what happened because Giannis just played one of the best basketball games I've ever personally witnessed. Best but series. But let's back up Great before series. we even get to that game. Let's talk about that game five. So they split the first four, and I've heard it a bunch of different places over the sports realm, sports media realm lately, is that series doesn't start till somebody loses at home. So technically, the mm-hmm. Suns won two at home, the Bucks won two at home. Yep. The series started, it was a best of three. Mm-hmm. Game five, I believe the Suns opened on a crazy run. The Bucks yeah. fell all the way back in the second quarter. Yep. And then they kind of just led the whole way. And here come the Suns down the stretch. Bucks aren't making baskets. The Suns are. They get it to a one-point game. Mm-hmm. And I believe there was probably about 20, I'll say 26, 27 seconds left in the game. And Devin Booker brings the ball up the court and goes to make a play. And he drives into a double team, spins back to try to pass it out. And Drew Holiday picks the ball off. And bam, there goes the Bucks the other way. Drew Holiday spaces the floor perfectly. Giannis runs the floor perfectly. He throws up an alley-oop to Giannis, who then gets fouled by Chris Paul and completes mm-hmm. the dunk. And I won. knew in that moment right there yeah, over. that the Bucks were ultimately yeah. going to win the series yeah. because if the Suns didn't come out and just be world beaters in the next game, mm-hmm. the Bucks were going to. Yeah. So with that being said, let's talk about Game 6, the ultimate closeout game, and just the signature performance from Giannis Antetokounmpo. 50 points in the game. Not 51, not 49, <laughs> 50 what was it, 17 of 19 from the free throw line? Yep. I'm going to say that one more time. 17. 17 of 19 from the free throw line for a guy that was shooting about 59% going into that night in the playoffs. He was 1 for 2, or he was 0 for 2, or maybe he hit 2 for 2, but he was not consistent. And just to go 17 for 19, I think I tweeted out, I said he was just saving this for the right moment. Yeah, like right. If he had one yeah. game in him where he could just make pretty much game, all his free yeah. throws, he figured it was going to be this one. And just an otherworldly performance. And I have to stop right there and just say that I, not that he didn't have my respect before, mm-hmm. but I never really talked about him as among the NBA's elite, in my personal opinion. Really? I, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I always Why, thought. Because of the postseason, maybe? I just don't know. I just thought, yeah. in my mind, Giannis was just a bigger Russell Westbrook. Yeah. You know what I mean? Enough. And we've seen how Russell Westbrook's plays translated into postseason situations. Mm-hmm. And before this year, it looked like the same for Giannis. Yeah. So I right. take that back now because of what I witnessed yeah. from him in game six. Okay. He demanded the basketball mm-hmm. on the block. He got to his spot. If he wasn't bringing the ball up the floor, he got to the block. He got to his spot, took it, backed one guy down, two guys down, turned around, hit a jumper, pump faked, put it up, got rebounds, made his free throws. All that being said, he looked like the greatest player on the floor, and he looked like a two-time MVP and defensive player of the year. Just miraculous, miraculous play. And ultimately, and I was thinking about this before we started recording, is I don't know anybody that hates Giannis. I don't know anybody. No. I think he's one of the most likable guys in the entire Genuine. in the entire NBA. And so it's just good. As much as I personally wanted to see Chris Paul win a ring because mm-hmm. he's gone so far in his career and this was his first shot at getting that hardware – very, very cool for this this story yeah. to come out from Giannis. And it just makes me think, I follow this person on Twitter. Her name's Mirren Fader, and she wrote a book about Giannis. It's, I'm pretty sure it's called Giannis, The Unprobable Rise of an MVP or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's out for pre-order right now on Amazon. I was already planning on buying the book before the final started because I thought it would be such an interesting read, and I want to know more about this man, Giannis Antetokounmpo. But with that being said, I have to turn it over to you now because you are this podcast's resident Milwaukee Bucks hater, and I need you to talk about that. Yeah, I want to retire from sports stakes because I'm 0 for 3 so far since 0 for 3? Yeah. What, just a couple of NBA games? or <laughs> You're rubbing it in now. Uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I said that they would get bounced in the second round. Won the NFL Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor, uh, they, I said that they would get bounced in like the second or third round of the college basketball mm-hmm. um, 
tournament. How did and, that one go? Yeah, they destroyed every single person, <laughs> every single team. And then uh, I, I've been saying I, I still I don't disagree with my take. I still think that they just don't play good basketball. I think that the Suns just fell apart. Honestly, I mean Giannis also took over. I'm I, I've never. I don't know. I just, Bobby I just Portis would up. like a word. I just, I just want to up. mention Bobby Portis would like that a word. That man's been going off. Bobby on Portis, NBA champion. Yeah. I'm here for Fact. every Bro, minute of it. But yeah, you're right. You can't hate the. You can't hate Giannis at least. I would never hate Giannis because you're right. He's like the most genuine player in the NBA, and he's he got drafted by the Bucks. He hasn't left, even though there was so many rumors like before this season started of him going to the Warriors or you know somewhere to form a super team. And then even in his press conference after they won, did you hear what he said? He was like, you know, uh, I could have gone to a super team or, you know. Just played his part yeah, and won a championship. Yeah, played his part and won a championship, but he did the hard way, which I respect him for that. Like, in, in this day and age of the NBA, you don't see that very often. Well, and that, you raise a good point there, is because the talk has already started is, can they go back to back? Yeah. Can they win another one? Let's just take a breath. Yeah, the just Bucks just won a enjoy. pretty awesome yeah. NBA championship. Yeah. If no other word for it, a is hard out there. season, really awesome. Hard season. It was a hard season yeah. coming back, shortened year. Nobody picked them. Yeah, you figured no. it was going to be the Nets. Injuries took down the Nets. The Bucks yeah. still won that series. Yep. You know what I mean? Thought it was going to be the 76ers. They weren't even good enough to beat the Hawks. Milwaukee made quick work of the Hawks. They swept last year's NBA finals invitee from the east i guess oh, that's the, the word heat, yeah. for it. the M- nba finals attendee the miami heat they swept them in the first round and then went in and took on phoenix who was the favorite the sexy pick to win it all once they got rolling and beat the lakers and just kept it going so i want to talk about some of the other players on the bucks before we move over and talk a little bit about the suns because they deserve their due as well i want to talk about chris middleton chris middleton is a bucket getter absolute bucket getter he looks like that guy that you would go you would go to like an LA fitness or you would go somewhere and you just see this random guy just jacking up shots and then you need a 10th guy or you need an 8th <laughs> guy to run a game and you're just like hey man you want to play and he comes over and you're not expecting much you're like well he's going to hold his own out there and then he just Dominates lights up everyone, the other team yeah. the whole time i don't think this man i don't think i've ever watched this man miss a contested pull up wing 3 or no. a dribble no. hesitation wing 3 it's just crazy the amount of times it felt like it went in mm-hmm. and the perfect counterpiece to what giannis's game is and then to I even agree. to even add in there with drew holiday mm-hmm. which ultimately ended up being the perfect move for that situation back when it happened when they traded away eric bledsoe mm-hmm. for drew holiday everybody kind of thought well you're getting kind of the same player it's just a little different it worked they won a championship Drew Holiday won a championship. He out Chris Pauled Chris Paul in that series. Because what does Chris Paul hang his hat on throughout his career? Assists. Assists, defense, defense, steals, stuff like that. That was Drew Holiday's game. Mm -hmm. Game six, I was sitting here watching it with our graphics guy, Kevin, Kevin Johnson. Mm -hmm. I said, what if Drew Holiday just scored every time he touched the ball and then that's what it felt like he i don't think what? he ended up having gaudy numbers no, no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i just looked because up. I, both times 36 percent of well <laughs> it's funny because finals, both times i said that he um missed the next shot as i was as gonna I say it. bro there was i think game six he went like six of 19 i was like that was like every single game but uh, yeah he was playing outstanding defense his headband's nice his headband is nice he threw one of the greatest alley-oop passes he did of finals history but i have to go back to chris middleton for one second because i wrote something else down he tied 2007 lebron james for the most game tying or go ahead field goals in a single playoffs i believe the number was 15 yeah that's crazy and looking back on it you think back you're like well that that seems like that shouldn't have happened but then i just remember down the stretch we talked about it before i think on one of our lost episodes that he was the Bucks closer, mm-hmm. and he had to be the Bucks closer, similar to a closer in baseball. Yep. And that's what he did. He played his role, and it got them all the way here. They won a championship. Mm-hmm. With that being said, oh, also, Bobby Portis, dog. NBA <laughs> champion, Bobby Portis. That being said, I don't have a whole lot left on the Bucks. Do you have anything before we move on and talk about Phoenix a little bit? Uh, congrats to them. Giannis bald. Um I, I still don't know. Was he injured? Because I know going into the series, so he, he was. He hyperextended one, he his knee against good. the Hawks, and he was just active for yeah. game one, I believe. And from there, he never looked injured again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. That's why I'm wondering, like, was he even playing to his full potential? That's scary to think about. Scary to think yeah. about. But last thing on that, I have two things, actually. The only players ever to win an NBA MVP, 
an NBA Defensive Player of the Year award, and an NBA Finals MVP award. Three guys. Who do you think it is? I don't know. Who? It is Giannis Antetokounmpo, Michael Jordan, and Hakeem Olajuwon. Historic, legendary company for the eh, Greek that's Freak. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess so. But that's just, I thought that was a really awesome stat. And mm, it's, true. again, we talk about it all the time. We talked about it in one of our first ever episodes about just watching league history happen with mm. for Tom Brady, for example, in the NFL. Just appreciating that mm-hmm. is the same way we talk about LeBron being his airness, being a greatness. Oh, I'm sorry, is MJ his airness? I don't yeah. remember whose nickname that is. Yeah, but um, Giannis is a special player, too. Mm-hmm. He's one of those type of special players. And he's going to – 27, I think he is, so he'll yeah. be around He already for, solidified his he'll uh, be around Hall for of a Fame. While. Oh, know, for about, sure. He's he probably awesome. did that before he won a finals, though, honestly. Awesome and one of so. the most fun to watch and one of the most likable guys in yep. the NBA. Well, so – you ask, you just won an NBA championship. What are you doing the next morning? Getting Chick Fil A, baby. You got Chick Fil A, fifty piece. You got a fifty, not forty nine, not forty nine, not fifty one, fifty piece. He was calling it a McNugget on his IG live. <laughs> I, I don't want to tell him that that's McDonald's. Hey, but, it's all right. he's not from. But he, I, he I have born. one more thing. I have an issue with his drink, and maybe I just need to try it before I it's a new cast wave. judgment. Sprite with lemonade, half Sprite, half lemonade. What is your opinion on that? It's probably disgusting, but I'm still. I bet it's good. I bet it's really good. So it reminds me of (laughs) when I was younger. It used to be a big deal to go to the roller skating rink on like Friday nights. I think I went three times because I was terrible at roller Mm. skating and it wasn't that much fun. But they had this drink there that you could get. It was called a suicide and it was like Sprite. I think it was Sprite, Coke, and like Powerade or something Mm. like that. It was something like three drink concoction. It was weird. It probably tastes a little bit like that because it's got the sweet. Yeah, and then yeah, it's got yeah. the like spice that a soda has. Gotcha. Like, the, that's the best way I can describe drinking a yeah. soda. Like it has a little bit of like spice in it. Well, when I was little, I used to mix up all like whenever I'd go out to um, you know a restaurant or something with fountain sodas, I would just do every single soda there really? basically. Yeah, but I I've never mixed like lemonade in a soda. Gotcha. Know. But well, with that being said, I talked about his IG live for a little bit, and you were telling me something about it before we started recording yeah so bleacher report tweeted today that um Giannis's ig live when he ordered that 50 piece uh nugget mcnugget from (laughs) chick-fil-a um it it earned chick-fil-a two hundred ninety five thousand dollars in brand value that's absurd yeah just from the power of an athlete yeah isn't that something yep did you see when he was doing it he was like um the chick-fil-a worker she was like what would you like he was like after he said 50-piece nugget, he was like, uh, yeah, 150,000 people are watching you. And she was like, wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just crazy. I love the part where he had the he had the MVP. I think it's called the Bill Russell MVP trophy. Final Bill MVP. O'Brien. No, it's the Larry O'Brien oh, Championship. Oh, oh. I think I, it's called the Bill Russell all, MVP. Yeah, but he had, the, he had the MVP trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching, and I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Like, it was his award. And then he flips the camera around. He has the Larry O'Brien with him, yeah, too. Yeah, I know. So they were just, Giannis was like, can I just have this for a little bit? <laughs> Unless every player gets their own, which is something that I'm never sure about. Uh, yeah, I've always wondered that as well. Because, like, you would think you would want to hang that up, like, yeah. on your mantle or wherever yeah, right? you keep your stuff at your house. But then again, it's like you've never seen, like, LeBron's never posted a picture of, like, True. all of his, you know? So what, well, what I've heard about uh, Lombardi Super Bowl uh-huh. they make uh, trophies is they like... make smaller replicas oh, okay. that they give to all the players. And okay. then the big one goes to the, team, to the organization. To the, yeah. yeah. And so, with that being said, that's really all I have on the Bucks and Milwaukee. Their parade was today on Thursday. Mm-hmm. We're recording on Thursday. This is probably going to come out on Saturday, ideally sometime on Saturday. So let's just move ahead and let's talk about their opponent that they defeated, the Phoenix Suns. I, I have a lot of takeaways because the Suns pretty much breezed through the playoffs and then hit a freight train named Giannis Antetokounmpo. I just like saying it, man. <laughs> I just like saying it, but... My biggest takeaway from the Suns is that Devin Booker played too much hero ball. Mm-hmm. And maybe Suns, I don't know the opinion of Suns fans, but me being a Chris Paul fan, I didn't hate Devin Booker. You, mm-hmm. you don't hate him. He's a he's a great player. Yeah. He's a bucket getter. But it's like, it felt like sometimes he was trying to show that he was the alpha dog. Yeah, I And agree. to win a championship, you don't need that kind mm-hmm. of competition within your own team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, we talked about it down the stretch in that game five loss is... <laughs> He ultimately, you you never say one play won or lost you a game because it's all the plays that go into it. But in the clutch moment, in the final moment, drove into a double team and 
got the ball stolen yeah. away. So what is just your takeaway about him, both just in this series, on this season, and moving forward from this point? Yeah, I, mean, I definitely agree with that. Uh, the first three games of this series, Devin Booker played absolutely terrible, at least like shooting the ball and stuff. Um, and then after that, he started to do really good. But you're right, down the, down the clutch moments of the game in the last two minutes or so, it seems like he was just trying to do too much with the basketball, and it would just cause turnovers. And then at the same time, it's like Chris Paul played outstanding the first two or three games of the series. And then um, after that, he didn't really play good, and especially down the clutch either. I've seen him make turnovers I've never seen him make before in the, in, you know, in the last final two minutes of the game. So it just really sucks for Suns fans that Devin Booker and Chris Paul never had it fully going at the same time mm-hmm. during that series because mm-hmm. that's what it felt like, well, at least to me. And you said that um, Chris Paul kind of ended up falling off. I also wondered about DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, because after game two. After game yeah. one, especially, they were well, talking yeah. about him as one of the greatest young centers of all time after game one, and then he had another good game two. And then I felt like I didn't really hear a lot about him moving forward from that game. So don't get me wrong. The Suns are a young team. Mm-hmm. They could be right back in this spot next yep, year, and like it wouldn't Hawks, really be yep. surprising. But I just – heartbreaking for Chris Paul, heartbreaking for the Suns as an organization. First trip back to the final since 93. I just – So where do you think – because I saw, like, Stephen A. Smith say this yesterday, I think, and I agree with it. Um, he said that basically he thinks Chris Paul's window for a championship is closed. What do you think? I mean, I kind of agree. I don't know what he's going to do in the offseason, like where he's going to go. Cause he's going to the Knicks. Up, right? He's going to the Knicks. I, I think he has that. a player option. Yeah, he's a player option. For like $44 million. I yeah, saw it on the sports, yeah. on the ESPN ticker. Yeah. It said, Chris Paul not considering retirement. Point guard has a $44 million player option for next season. I wouldn't be considering retirement if I could make $44 million somewhere no, next year. So I don't. I don't know necessarily about his championship window closing. He mm-hmm. can still be a contributing but, great player on a good team. But like you said, it took every, all the dominoes to fall right to get to this point. Yeah. You don't know if that happens again. It depends where he goes. If he stays in Phoenix, yeah. they could put it back and have a solid team again next year. Here's the thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Continue. No, I just, I don't know. If he goes somewhere else and he teams yeah. up with another, a bigger name Star. superstar, maybe he plays... Robin to the Batman, you know yeah, what I mean, and gets enough. there. I just happy for him to get his first finals appearance. Yeah, but it's just I don't know. I don't think I don't think the window's closed because it just opened. He yeah. just made his first trip to the NBA Finals. Well, my thing is like you know he definitely is getting older, and you can tell he still has those moments like uh, you know where he'll drop thirty five on your head. But in my opinion, it's like, and I'm not discrediting discrediting the uh, Suns at all because. I think they probably definitely were the best team in the West this year. But the Lakers, LeBron and AD were injured. The Nuggets, uh, uh, Jamal Murray was injured. Like he was No, absolutely. And that's like, what you that's, know, like the West is better. And then you have a fully, even if you make the finals again, if he stays in the West, you have a fully loaded Brooklyn Nets team that you have to On face. the other side that might make it yes. next year. No, that that's a great point. And you know? it's, that's what I mean by all the dominoes fell mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So, because I, I don't know. I really don't know. But NBA offseason's coming up. It's going to be very sped up. Mm-hmm. And maybe he goes somewhere new. Maybe he comes back to Phoenix. It all so, depends yeah. about how he makes this next step of his career. And if he doesn't win a championship, he doesn't win a championship. He's yeah, still going to be a Hall of Hall Famer. Famer yeah. It's just a legendary career. One of the greatest point guards of all time point by God. the numbers. Point guard, Chris Paul. It's just... It's sad, man, but at the same time, super happy for Giannis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, I you saw don't a tweet. Have to get a tattoo now too. Oh, true. That was I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on a show we aired, I think but we did. I had a running bet with some of my friends that if the if Chris Paul won a championship, we would all get Chris Paul inspired tattoos. I really only wanted to do it for the Oklahoma City Thunder the year he played there because if he would have taken that team to the NBA Finals, it would have been the stuff of legends. He had a much better team in Phoenix, yeah. but still very awesome. Would have been very cool. The last point I have on the Suns, and then we can move on and prep, or excuse me, we can move on and get to our interview that we did, is I want you to rate this take for me. Jay Crowder is arguably the second best power forward in the NBA every Stop year. It. But no, can I tell you why? Yeah. All right, tell me why. This year, Phoenix Suns. 
NBA Finals contestants. They ended up second place. So, best power forward on the second place team. Second best power forward. Last year, Miami Heat, Jay Crowder effect, made it to the NBA Finals, lost to the Lakers. So it went LeBron, Jay Crowder. This year, Giannis, Jay Crowder. Who played the year before that? Okay, he didn't make the Finals the year before that, but... Neither here nor so there. by your logic, the James last two years he's been the second best power forward in the NBA. All right, so by your logic, James Jones was a top five small forward or shooting guard, whatever position he played in was the he NBA. Was he the starter? No, but he came off the bench, and he made uh what eight or ten straight finals appearances. Who's to say? That, it's all about a winning formula, and if your guy's the winning formula, stop it. They were talking about it on one of the game broadcasts. Is Devin Booker and Chris Paul reached out to Jay Crowder when he was like in the offseason. They said, We need you. He didn't say oh, he needed well, them. <laughs> Jay <okay>. Crowder. <laughs> He's just not tough, too. I'm just, I'm I a know. Jay Crowder. St- I might get a jersey. I'll pick whatever. Honestly, team. yeah. He's, he's, He's definitely awesome. He plays great basketball. Oh, my basketball. God. I went crazy in game six. I went absolutely crazy. You can ask Kevin. I was sitting, we were sitting here watching it. And Jay Crowder, the Suns were trying to fight back, shot this three and got fouled. Uh, Bottoms. Yeah. Bottoms in the net. I literally jumped up. I grabbed a pillow, and I just started beating <laughs> Kevin with it. It was so sick. It was awesome. With that being said, that's all I really have on the NBA Finals. It was an awesome, awesome, great NBA Finals. And all I kept saying during Game 6 was, I love basketball. Mm-hmm. I love basketball. I love playoff basketball. I love championship basketball. Even regular season basketball has its moments for me. That's pretty much all of my takeaways. Do you have anything else before we get to this interview that we did? Nope. Alrighty, so let's just move along. Bucks and six, and that's the last I'm going to say on that. So we did. We did an interview before we started recording tonight. We did an interview with this collective. We'll call it a collective because I don't know the right word for it exactly. It's called Fly Dill with a couple of friends of ours from high school. Their names are Ethan Dill and Noah Jashik. They also have another guy that's on their team. His name is Steven. He's their video uh, technical guy. Basically, they make fishing lures, fly fishing lures, mm-hmm. and they just started it up probably within the last year. And as a sports podcast, we want our interviews. We want to try to talk to anybody we can in the world of sports. And fishing is part of the world of sports, whether you agree or disagree. It's a sport. You can watch it on ESPN somewhere, I'm sure, maybe the Ocho, but who knows. So we're going to put that interview in right here. It was great to talk to them. I had a lot of fun learning about them. I hope you did too, Tyler, yeah. and it was just great to connect with them, and hopefully you, our listeners, you guys leave this interview going to check them out. Maybe fishing's not your game. Maybe it is. Maybe you'll buy some lures from them. Just a very, very fun experience, so I'm going to put that right here. to get started hello welcome in thanks for joining us today ethan and noah creators of fly dill um and let's just start right there why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about what fly dill is well first of all thanks for having us both um i feel like this is definitely gonna be a cool time fun experience um but as far as fly dill um i feel like me and noah definitely shared a love for fishing in the get-go um, and then we, well, I picked up a fly rod probably seven years ago. Um, and it was just a different way of fishing. Um, you had to work for a little harder. Um, it was definitely different tackle use. Um, it was just a lot more enjoyable. And then I, uh, showed Noah, um, fly rod shortly after I did. And yeah. then it was all about it. Yeah. It took off from there, but I mean, it's like it's definitely it's definitely about like fly fishing but i think it's more like it's a lot more there's like, a lot involved. more behind it um we do like a lot of like business out of it and we do it like it's a lot of like traveling or we're trying to do a lot of traveling out of it and um you know just kind of like adventure and mm-hmm. see what we can get out of it so for people that don't know what is how is fly fishing different than regular fishing we can just start off by the rod um a lot of times the rod it's nine foot um and it's really flimsy um should have brought one out here but um and the line that you use is also different versus like monofilament super thin stuff and braid um the line actually floats and sometimes sinks like at a certain rate and then 
Um, but like with conventional like tackle and stuff like that, you're, you're using like the weight of the lure to cast it out. And with fly fishing, you're using the weight of the line. Like, cause the, the lines actually like weight it. It comes like your rods and reels all come in weights, like five weight, six weight, seven weight. So it's, it's definitely involved. Yeah, it's definitely a big learning curve as far as like what line to use. Um, cause you know, like Noah said, like it's really like you're casting the line. And it's not like you're casting just like a big like worm or whatever. Um, but it definitely, it's more of a hunt. Yeah, it's a hunt. It's a, like, it's a, it's a stalk. Like you gotta get, you gotta get somewhat close. You're not casting as far as like you would with your regular rods. Um, I, I mean, and then when it comes down to the bait, I mean, instead of like a hard bait, now you're, I don't know. Yeah. Something like something like that. It's more of like just bucktails and freaking things. Gotcha. What's really fun is stuff like this. We tie this is like the stuff we tie right behind us. Yeah. Okay. And then to know it, it's cool. It's like what's up? Uh you mentioned uh, just a couple of minutes ago that you guys are trying to do like a lot of traveling with it. And I've been able to see some of the stuff you've done already, whether it's, I think the first project I ever saw was your guys kayak across the bay or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so what has been so far, what has been the most fun thing you've gotten to do through the fly deal concept? Well, that was just kind of like the start off. Like we know we had to do something pretty crazy. Um, yeah. I had to get a video out that was going to, um, I don't know just be a title yeah <laughs> um and it's something that's like in the in between of like what we are trying to get out to like we're still in outdoors still kayaking on the water um and a lot of it has to do with just the area that we're at like we're yeah. just in a pristine area no one really like takes full advantage of it and we're just kind of like i don't know just like a get out there kind of vibe i think i think the most fun part is like it's actually like starting fly deals like forcing us to get out there more mm -hmm. like we're doing more stuff we're working on boats and fishing more and taking trips and i feel like that's like the most fun of it mm -hmm. but and then besides that we uh took a colorado trip noah didn't get to get on that one um but it wasn't it wasn't fishing oriented really um we were on the river for two days um the fishing was hard there but then we went snowboarding for like three days um in the near future it's definitely going to be like some camping stuff maybe like trails just like cool angles um yeah just good work um and we got some trips planned up soon so nice. yeah we got montana in october and i'm sure we have some kind of like southern you know trying to get down trip. to florida for some fishing yeah <clears throat> sure so, so like we're trying to um coming up. yeah so what sparked the idea of creating this business? Like, obviously you love it and it's your passion, but what kind of drove you into creating this? I'd probably say just to influence others, just to take advantage of like our, what like kind of area we're in, what kind of areas are in like the whole, like maybe at one point, like the whole world. Um, like we might be able to get some out of like country films mm -hmm. and just while everyone's young you just gotta make the most out of it yeah um, i think we're gonna get like i think mostly we're gonna get a lot of opportunities out of it mm -hmm. just like you said a lot of traveling opportunities a lot of like meeting new people um just like i mean like we're hitting people up that we don't even know and like instagram and oh, yeah. people are offering like places to stay and just kind of like, different stuff like that mm -hmm. but, yeah, so you talk about the reception so far what how has it been like you're still early on in it have you had people reach out to you has it been going as you planned better than expected just kind of how's it going i feel like we really came off strong um but within these summer months like we've been really busy whether it was tying flies we actually have a boat project we're working on hopefully get a video of that pretty soon um like because we're really restoring a 21 foot boat from scratch essentially yeah um we have snippet videos in the making but we're far from completion <laughs> yeah um and then our day jobs unfortunately that interferes a little bit but once that once that's 
over with. And that's all aside, we definitely put forth effort towards like the passion kind of deal. Yeah. Um, so in terms of that, like, what are your future plans? What, where do you see this going? Like years later down the road, would you pursue this so, as your actual job? Oh, I think me and that would be perfectly fine. Just guiding <laughs> people and fishing yeah. all day. Yeah, I have um, no problem with that. Just on a boat, and that's my job. Hey, fine by me. Um, blue water, preferably, but like I said, you can't complain with what's out there, and you gotta you gotta live it up. And then as far as you saying meeting people, um, there are these two brothers in North Carolina, they're called the Walsh Bros. And they've actually reached out and they're like trying to do some kind of content flip and do some fishing. So, and just that kind of sparked like a different like area. Um, I'm definitely super grateful for that. And then just reaching out to other people in like Florida. And I feel like the love for fly fishing like that kind of group is like all within the same person, like almost. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's almost like a different, like a different person fly fishes and then everybody's just kind of like cool with each other. Like it seems mm -hmm. like it's like a community, but yeah. I don't know. It's, it's definitely cool. It's definitely something that like, I'm still like getting adapted to, like I'm still new at fly fishing. Um, so like it really is a learning curve, mm -hmm. but it's fun. I like getting out there, making mistakes. Like I just like I went out trying to like fish for snakehead the other like maybe a month ago, snapped a fly rod, and then like <laughs> the other day I snapped my other fly rod. So like now I'm like two fly rods down in like a month. So it's definitely like frustrating and it's not cheap. <laughs> Have you tried snakehead yet? What's that? Have you tried snakehead yet? I haven't tried snakehead yet. I, I hear yeah. from like so many people that it's so good, but I mean, I'm like, like me and Ethan both. I mean, Ethan doesn't eat seafood yeah. at all, but I mean, um, I'm allergic to all seafood. It's yeah. just, it doesn't make sense. But I mean, we don't, we don't catch and cook. Okay. Like we usually release like a lot of our fish. I mean, unless we're with somebody that's mm. keeping fish, but. Hmm. So I want to I want to turn for a second and kind of talk about the media side of what I've seen of Flydo at least so far is it looks like you guys have a, a drone that you use to create some of your projects mm -hmm. and is that is that Steven's like realm kind of or is it yeah so unfortunately yeah. Steve couldn't be here tonight he is a lot of behind the camera he's like the big computer guy the editing and he makes everything look awesome yeah, um, he's a genius. so he had a Mavic pro which is like one of the top line drones um and that's what he was flying around the boat i actually just bought that off of him and he has anticipations of getting like the best of the best so um as well as the camera gear like we all have gopros um like we have probably like six gopros within the three of us and then just that like it helps with angles um yeah, like all that stuff that you wouldn't think about um steve definitely he's on top of it yeah and it's a lot of audio angles like i mean with just everything spread out we can hear everything see mm -hmm. everything and it's like that's i'm like i just bought a gopro so they can use it like i i don't <laughs> even know how to use it or like do any editing or anything like that but no it's cool it really is cool especially like to see like steve in his realm it's like he definitely yeah. gets into it and he's like totally like zoned out and you can see he's like going at it mm -hmm. but he's he's definitely really good so is really is Clydeville the three of you guys or is there more people involved so it's like we, we actually talked about this like me Noah, and steve are definitely like we're the ones that got everything going and turning and the idea struck and we kind of we all took off with it at the same time yeah um but within the first video um we needed like extra people to help out with like the journey we needed joey to drive the boat essentially chris was also there helping with yeah. uh the the filmings and steve um and then there were extras in colorado and those are just extra friends um but that was also something me and steve me and steve were pretty much just the young ones on the river 
but I feel like it's definitely going to be, it's definitely going to be a lot, like a lot more people than just us. Like mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our videos, I'm hoping to get like a lot of different faces. Yeah. A lot of different faces, a lot of different, like a lot of people that we haven't met before and just, you know. and hopefully just like spark that kind of drive, like that we found and just pass it off. Yeah. Okay. And then I want to take, like, I mean, what'd you say? Just like talking, you guys, just like talking to you guys. You know yeah. what I mean? We're here and we're just like, you know, grow the brain a little bit. I want to take even a further step back though now because fly fishing, obviously part of fishing. Do you, do either of you have a favorite fishing memory or a favorite fish you've ever caught? For sure. Um, and a lot of those memories definitely revolved around Kyle Watson. Um, he definitely had a big heart and a big love for fly fishing um, and fishing in general. Um, and since he passed away, like, I just felt the need to pick up where he left off, um, and just keep like that drive for fly fishing going and just hopefully spread the love for it. Well, I mean, I definitely, I definitely have my favorite experience fishing with Kyle actually at the, uh, at the end of this pier, we were all, I think it was like, a um, what was it? A new year's party or something. Yeah, it was definitely a 4th of July party. Yeah. Or fourth of in the Ju- water. Yeah. 4th of July party. And, um, we were fishing, we were actually carp fishing out here and drinking and stuff like that. And he, uh, I actually hooked a massive carp and he went in because we didn't have a net and he went in to try to grab it with his hand. So he was like in the water swimming and it went, um, the carp went like right between his legs and like, and he let the carp go and it, uh, and it started like swimming, but it knocked off and we didn't even catch the carp, but Honestly, that was like the most fun yeah. like fishing I've ever had. That was a lot of fun. Like I was like I was so like irritated at the time, <laughs> like yelling at each other. But it was like it was just funny. Oh yeah, but, yeah, it's a great memory when you look back on it. So yeah. uh, going to the business side, I know Ethan, you told me about like you've been selling the fish bones in Pasadena and stuff. So why don't you talk a little about that? Oh yeah, that fish bones was definitely a big jump on the game. Me and Noah been tying flies for. I'd say probably about two years now. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to get pretty good at it. Um, so I took some flies up to Fishbone's local shop, and the guy was, like, super thrilled with it, and he actually bought 80 flies off of me um, or off of us because we both have our own styles and our own imitations. Um, and then that also went to Marketplace, um, which actually I have a box in front. These are what we ship out. Fly it on the front, and then you get a dozen flies. This is actually going to Florida. Um, so yeah, and it's it's like all over the place. Like Facebook Marketplace has actually been like really good. Like um, we're able to like reach a lot of people. So mm-hmm. um, like whether it's Florida, North Carolina, I have people in Wisconsin um, yeah. asking for flies. I'm like sure, because um, they're still fishing for musky and stuff, pike. Yeah. Um, and still like like your regular largemouth like mm-hmm. bass flies flies are going out but we're looking to get like we want to do um like variation boxes like uh like different like species like a fish and like try to do uh something along those lines mm-hmm. um, how much have you been selling them for um well it all depends on the fly honestly um they go everything from or that will sell them from like 250 to like maybe seven seven dollars a piece um depending on like what materials used um and all all how much time really we're spending on it yeah like there's like a bigger fly we'll definitely charge a lot more for that than just like a a little guy yeah Um, that kind of leads me into something i wanted to know more about is what exactly goes into the process of creating a fly lure like take me through that it's like it's it's all different with like each one um I feel like really, I mean, you're starting with a bear hook and you got to kind of like, you just get an idea in your head and you kind of shoot for it. Um, you know, we kind of, we got, well, like, we just trying to like replicate like the bait fish that are like surrounding what's, what's going to be preyed on. So, I mean, it starts with a hook and then goes thread. And it starts hair with a hook and, and this thread and you basically just wrap around the hook and you'll just stack different fibers, different hairs, like, we use bucktail, which is literally a deer's tail. Um, and it comes in different colors and you can get some flashes and just yeah. make it look like, make it stand out. Like when it's in the water, make a fish just be a little more attracted to it. And then 
that all comes with time. Like over time, like you'll throw different stuff and you'll realize what the fish want, um, what they don't like. Um, like for example, like you wouldn't believe, but like rockfish like pink. Um, and that's like, that's Maryland state fish. Um, you catch those all the time out here on pink and then like yellows. Um, but it differs wherever you go. Um, and that's what is just super fun about it. Yeah. And it's really, it's really cool. Honestly, like even like, I mean, cause Ethan's like right on the bay here. Like, so we can tie, we can tie a fly immediately go out on the pier and see if it catches and we can figure it out from there and kind of like have like a good, like good, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. idea of what's going on. And then so I, we have to put in a lot of time practicing, you know, using okay. the flies. Yeah. And then, so Tyler hit on it a little bit about like the business side of it. Um, what is the best place to go to find fly deal stuff? Is it Facebook marketplace? Is it somewhere else? I know um, fish bones. That's real local. Um, they'll definitely hook you up in there. They definitely still have, I want to say they probably have like 50 by now. I went in there not too long ago and there's definitely a lot that have been sold. Um, or you can just come to us personally. You can DM, DM us on like the fly dill page and you can get yourself a custom order. Um, you can get however many you want. Um, That's what we're trying to move to just, you know, Instagram orders. Um, if we can do that. Um, I know like, I mean, Facebook marketplace has been good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we really haven't had too much time to really set up a lot of stuff yet, but it's still, it's like still slow moving. So yeah, still in the process of getting some boxes together, the flies. Yeah. Um, then it's all about, who you know, um, that's why like we just, when you, we need to go places, we need to talk to people, we just need to branch out. Mm-hmm. All right. And then the final, the final question I have for you guys tonight is, and be honest. Don't save each other's feelings. Who's the better fisherman out of the two of you? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> I was afraid this was going to come up. <laughs> All right. Is it fly fisherman or just fisherman? Oh, yeah, we can do both. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to talk? <laughs> I got you. I got you, bass fish. I think I think Noah with a spinning rod, and I think Noah's got me there. Um, yeah, Ethan's my mentor on the fly fishing game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I think, but I think that uh, he's made a quick come up though. I gotta say, all in all, I think uh, Ethan's got me on the stripers as well. Ethan knows the game off of here, <laughs> <laughs> like the back of his hand. <laughs> oh, God. But mm. I, we definitely have a lot of respect for each other and a lot of love for each other just for the game that we share. Um, yeah, that's cool. We like, we, I mean, we definitely, it's a lot of messing around with each other. I mm-hmm. mean, cause like now, like I call him up every single day and just make <laughs> sure that he's on the right track. You know what I mean? He's not, you know, sleeping, <laughs> doing, you know, shit that he's not supposed to. So. It's kind of fun to just call him up and see what he's doing throughout the day. Just make sure he's working. <laughs> so, yeah. So I lied. I thought of one more while you guys were answering that. I asked if you had a favorite fishing memory, but maybe I should have asked something else. Do you have a favorite kind of fish to catch? Mm. Well, we all we have dream fish, and then because there's a lot of fish I would love to catch, and I mean I'd say the favorite fish that I've caught off of the experience was tarpon. Um, that was definitely like the coolest experience to jump in the ball. Um, but that dream fish, you always want that fish that just takes that drag out. It just starts screaming that reel. Um, for me, I'd say it would be a GT and they're called giant trevally. And they're pretty much the hardest pound for pound fighting fish in the world. Um, but I would love to catch a lot more tarpon in my future. Yeah. But I mean, and I mean, I love like, I mean, my favorite thing, I mean, even now, like still going out in the bay and catching mm-hmm. stripers off the light is literally the oh, most yeah. fun you're going to have. But um, I mean, I would love to go out. I mean, I think, I think I want, I think I want a permit. I think that's my dream fish. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're supposed to be like the most spooky, you know, 
fish mm -hmm. like they're they're hard to catch and a lot of times for these fish, you're literally wading through like crystal clear water. And, and it's like, you like can see the fish foot, and you just have to stalk it. Yeah. And like sometimes like even with regular spinning gear, you won't be able to catch those fish just because like the way the lure drops, like you have to be real subtle about it. Um, and that's what's just like irritating, cast, but it brings like you back. Your cast has to be a certain way. Like even if you get the cast out far enough, it's still like you have to set the line down like a perfect way to like mm -hmm. present your fly to the fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ridiculous, <laughs> but it's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that about does it for the questions we had. And just before we wrap up here, is there anything about fly dill that we didn't touch on that you would like us or our listeners to know? Well, as me and Noah, we talk every day, and I feel like every day new ideas strike. Um, whether it's from like one day, like we just decided, hey, let's get a boat and let's rebuild it and see like what we can do with it. And that's what we're in the process with. Um, what do you guys say? Um, it's about having fun. <laughs> uh, like, I definitely stepped out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm meeting a lot more people that, you know, um, I don't usually do. Like, I'm doing a lot more things that I don't usually do. I've seen a lot more places that I don't usually go. Um, so, I, I think everybody should at least step out of their comfort zone a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, but fly deals kind of, like, I feel like that's what it is. Um, we're doing just a lot of things that, like, we didn't get to do. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of things that this is going to, like, open up for us us so and just a lot of things we talked about like i said like me and noah talk every day like new plans spark every day um and we just want to get out find out new places and just see what the world's about um and hopefully just share our love for the game as much as like the next guy um but we definitely have a lot of future plans um also have like i said the boot a lot of di wise um yeah it's going to be a, a fun path um we're just going to try to make the most out of it absolutely well thank you guys for taking the time to join us uh fly Dill on instagram check them out they're doing a lot of good stuff uh just thank you guys and like i said this episode should go up sometime this weekend so just keep an eye out for it thank you yeah Sweet thanks man. for having yeah, us on guys you. this was definitely a lot of fun um definitely have to do it again catch up soon see how we're doing see how you guys are doing um but yeah it's it's been good talking to you guys mm -hmm. definitely good seeing you guys mm -hmm. remember the uh remember the um, <laughs> <laughs> make it work well keep yeah. keep up the great the great work it's really cool it's a really cool project and hope to see y'all doing some more good stuff soon sweet yep. much thank appreciate you, it thank you guys yeah okay Alrighty, so back on the other side of that interview. Great, great interview. It was fun to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Audio issues aside, connection issues aside, we did it over Zoom because Zoom's honestly moving out of the pandemic as hopefully we're getting towards the end of its remnants and stuff like that. Zoom is actually a pretty interesting thing that yeah. it was probably around before, but it became like it was, everybody yeah, knows about Zoom now. You yeah, know we're going to use that a lot more in the future. And it's easy you know? because you can just open up a Zoom call you and can record it right there it does boxers, it all for you yeah you did that interview in your box no i'm just saying we we're like, sitting right next to each other and you didn't Whatever. notice <laughs> yeah so we decided to wrap up the show we did a nice little segment we are pulling it from our lost files we did our top five sports movies and we're gonna put our segment top five sports movies right here Let's wrap up. Let's do our segment, top five sports movies. I'm going to let you start, Tyler. All right, my first one, and Logan's never seen it, Friday Night Lights. No, I've never Love seen it. Love that movie. I've never seen it. Is it Did you watch, tell me a little bit about it. It's a football movie. It's uh, about yeah, a high school figured. football team. Um, basically, it's just like about their run to the champion, the state championship game, and their star running back at the in the very first game of the season, he like, tears his ACL, um, and he has like problems with that all year, but... The series, it was like a five-season series. I love that series, and they took it off of Netflix. I don't know if was you it, ever watched Okay, that. was the movie the same as the series? Were they related, or was it different things? 
I mean, I've heard the of the concept, series. I've heard of the series, but I've never seen the Michael movie. B. Jordan was in it, actually. He was in seasons four and five. The guy that played mm-hmm. the bad guy in Black Panther. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know who Michael B. Jordan is. Bro, the first, okay, right the now. first Michael B. Jordan movie I ever watched, and I have like 10 seconds for this wormhole, but first Michael B. Jordan movie I ever watched was called Fruitvale Station. You ever seen it? I've heard of that. Okay, it's that. about, it's like based on a true story. It's about this guy in Oakland. And it was, I was like too young to be watching this series of a movie. He was just, I think it was New Year's Eve or whatever, and he was just going out with friends. And he ends up getting like jacked up at a train station or by a pair of uh, police officers, and they end up shooting him at the very end of the movie. Sorry if you've never oh seen it. Oh my God. But I'm pretty sure that's how it ends. I watched it when I was like 11 years old. It was very serious. Well, that's a good term for the word. Anyways, we're Jesus. out of the wormhole, back to Friday Night Lights. He was also Eric Killmonger in Black Panther. He was um, sorry, excuse my language. Whoa. My first movie is also a football movie. Remember the Titans. Just one of the best, honestly, one of the best movies put out by Disney that's not like a Disney character movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like it's and Disney's actually done a couple of pretty good sports yeah, movies. They I have another one on my list, but Left Side! Strong side. Like it's just yeah. a, a, so many memorable things from Sunshine, from the big guy that didn't care about his grades. I don't remember what his name was, but I haven't seen the movie. The, the linebackers. And the cool thing about it is what Disney was able to do, and they did it in another movie that I'm going to mention later, is they were able to handle the difficult topic, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. of mixing white players with black players, and at the time, like, how much of an issue it, like, created Which it and was manifested. Back, yeah, because that movie was, like, but 2003 they were just, or something. They were just awesome. Yeah. But so that's my first one. I mean, and I love... Denzel Washington. Yeah, I was going to say, of he course, I'm a, blanking on the name. Denzel Washington great, is great yeah. in every movie I've pretty much he ever is. watched him in. So that's my first one. What is your next one? My next one is Rudy. Even though uh, in real life, it's like kind of way off from the movie. And I'll, you said you never saw this one either. Right? I watched Rudy in school one time. Oh, it's a really good movie. But... Yeah, it's, like, not accurate to what actually happened. But, yeah, I don't know what it is. The thing with, like, football movies is I didn't play football until I was, like, 13. So you look like you just had a – he's making a change to his list. I'm making a change. He's making – good. Okay, I'm glad you're taking that one off of there. Yeah, no. i just never seen that either. It's a great movie. Okay, my second one is – this is a basketball movie, Coach Carter. Sam L. Jackson and Coach Carter. That's another good movie. And from his son – who is, like, his prodigy and, like, has to do everything right. Mm-hmm. So Channing Tatum's in that movie. Oh, yeah. Channing Tatum's in that movie. And then the guy that's, like, he's, like, a gangbanger. That's not the right word. Yeah, that's the right word. Like, in a gang or whatever, he acts all hard, and then he's, like, what do I have to do to be on the team? And Samuel oh, Jackson's, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you owe me 500 push-ups yeah, and 1,000 yeah, yeah. suicides, and they have to be done by Friday. And he's just in the corner of the gym. <laughs> but, no, that's just a really good movie. And I don't think that was a Disney movie, but it's just cool. And I, so, I enjoyed but. it a lot, and pretty much with when, when I excuse me when I was making my list, I just tried to like think of movies that if they're on the TV, if I'm just like flipping channels, mm-hmm. if they're on the TV, I'll just You'd turn it on it. and I'll watch it. So with that being said, what is your next one? So I changed it. I did have Love and Basketball, but that one was like iffy. I put Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. That movie is so good. So basically, it's um. I don't know if you've heard of the uh, what was his name? Vin, Vin is it Vinny something? Vin Diesel? No, I forget. He was the Eagles walk-on player in like the eighties. Vinny Testaverde. Yes, oh, thank that's you. not him. He played quarterback. No, he played quarterback. No, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's his name? I forget. Um, basically, he was like, <laughs> he was like thirty something in his like mid thirties. And the Eagles were so bad this one year, so they held open tryouts for, like, just random people. And this man was, like, he loved football. His wife just left him, and this man tried out for the Eagles. He ran, like, a 4-4-40 at, like, the age of 30-something. What? Yeah, he made, He actually made the team. That You have to watch that movie. It's so good, though. Okay. He makes the team, and he I think it was his first – I don't know if it was his first game, first NFL, like, uh, regular season game that he played in. But he um he blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown. Really? Mm-hmm. It was dope. Okay, my next one, it's called Glory Road. I had never heard of it, and we had it on DVD. Like, I found it at my house one day when I was mm-hmm. younger, and I just sat down and watched it. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's about the, I believe it's 1966, the 1966 Texas Western basketball team. It was the first, 
one of the first basketball teams to have like an all black starting five because this was back before like oh yeah teams were taking African American players mm-hmm. because of the era that it was yeah. and so they they were just beating everybody. The coach was a brand new coach and he couldn't recruit anybody to the small Texas Western school, which I believe is now Texas El Paso. But anyways, he couldn't recruit anybody, so he was able to get a bunch of black players who weren't getting recruited by other schools. So he was able to get a bunch of good players, and they actually went all the way to the championship, and they faced an all-white Kentucky team, and they beat them. So it was just—it's a really good story, and it, again, it deals with some like difficult subject matter and difficult topics. It's really well put together, and by the end, you're you're cheering for in a mm-hmm. movie. You're cheering for this Texas Western team. With that being said, what is your next one? My next one's Rocky. You can't leave Rocky off. I mean, he's the good. He's a real good. He would destroy. I was Con- about to just do like a really bad Rocky voice. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, it's probably for the best. But <laughs> I mean, if you've, I'm sure most people have seen the Rocky movies, but they're really good. No, one time this was probably like six months ago or whatever. I was really struggling with like I had a lot on my plate and I was really struggling. I was like really beat down. And one day I was just sitting at the table and my dad, Rocky, was on the TV. And my dad goes. Watch this scene right here. And it was the scene where he was talking to his son. No, it was oh. the scene where he was talking to his son. And he was like, it's not about how it's not about how, many how hard you can oh, get yeah. hit. It's about getting back up or however yeah. it goes. And I was like, thank you, Dad. <laughs> like, it was it was a good message. It was inspirational. But it was just the way that it was presented. It was just was really bad. Tacky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my talking next, about tacky. What do you mean? The next movie that you put. Oh, my next movie. Exactly. <laughs> Draft Day with Kevin Costner. <laughs> One of the tackiest, tackiest sports movies out there. That's good. But for whatever reason, whenever it's on the TV, it comes on like Paramount it. a lot. Yeah. I will watch it. I think that he might, that Kevin Costner might have like an exclusive deal with Paramount. Probably. But yeah, it's just crazy because none of the stuff looks accurate. But it's the real teams and stuff, and none of the trades that were made were accurate. <laughs> they were so bad. It was so funny. Chadwick Boseman was in that movie. He was, oh, the, he was the linebacker. R.I.P. I got picked number Chadwick. one overall. Yeah, he ended up taking him number one overall. Just a very good movie. And just, it's tacky, but sometimes a tacky movie is a good At movie. At the end, like, it just makes no sense. <laughs> he traded away his first, first round pick. pick. First overall pick. In two years in a row. And no, it, oh, yeah, no. Th- oh, yeah, no, no. Three years in a row to get the number one overall pick. Yeah, and then for he. For a quarterback. Then he took the linebacker, and then he traded up ahead of. The Seahawks were, like, the big bad in yeah. this movie, like, the bad guys. He traded up one pick ahead of them um, and was going to take the quarterback that they didn't. The Browns, Kevin Costner was the GM yeah. of the Browns. He didn't even want this quarterback, but mm-hmm. they wanted the quarterback. And so he, he makes the trade with the Jaguars, back. like a rookie GM. He calls up the Seahawks guy, and he says, give me all my picks back, <laughs> and you can have this one. So, And the guy was just like, well, my hands are tied. And so he did it. Just so tacky, but I will watch it every time. I will say he made a great point when he was like, basically, you got the guy you wanted at number one, but for like $5 million less. I mean, that is a good point. Like, True. it would never happen in real life, but it is a good point. True. Like, you get the guy you want for, like, so many le- so many millions less. Bro, just but. little wormhole for, like, 10 seconds again. That's one of the things that gets me down bad when I do Madden seasons, like Madden franchise seasons, mm-hmm. is where you pick a guy literally depends how much money they're getting paid. So oh, I know, you, yeah. When you get to year four and you've got some good guys, but then it's like... So much money. So much money. And I, and I went, I really picked that guy third overall. <laughs> no, no, right. But... He's like go a ahead 79. And, yeah, right. Go ahead and wrap up. What is your last movie? The Blind Side. Even though Michael Orr hates this movie. Big Mike. Hates Big Mike. that too. Yeah, hates he that. hates Big Mike. But yeah, the movie is great. It'll make you like shed a tear. But apparent, according to Michael Orr himself, who the movie is about, like half of it is not even remotely close to being true. That's Hollywood, baby. Hey, it's whatever Hollywood. makes some money. Oh my God. The best. There's a lot of good scenes in that movie, but mm-hmm. up there with the best is the one where... He, like, talks to his coach, and then the next play, they're, like, being really dirty towards him, and the next play, he just pushes the guy oh, all, all the way, way to the end all zone. All the way to the end zone, out of the field. It's like, Mike, where were you taking him? He's to like, the bus. The bus. <laughs> very good movie, yeah, very go sentimental. Home, and a lot of these movies have the same thing, is they're kind of tacky, but that's what makes hey, them good sometimes. Sports movies. My great. last movie is, I felt like if we didn't put this on our list, we would get slandered. The Sandlot. Classic movie. Great baseball movie. Great summertime movie. The dog over the fence, uh, Benny, the guy that went on to play for the Dodgers. It just, oh, there's so much good stuff. It's being a kid, loving baseball and stuff like that, playing with the autographed great Bambino mm-hmm. baseball that went over the fence. You know what I mean? If you were born around 2000 and you didn't have this in, like, your top three movies growing up, 
What are you doing with your life right now? Honestly, so that's what I said. If it didn't make our list, who are we as podcasters? That you know, being, we left off the greatest sports. Let's movies do some, of hold all on, time. hold on. Let's do some honorable mentions. Give me some of yours. Airbud, <laughs> Space Jam, Space we Jam. Didn't even say oh, Space Jam. Snap. Space Jam is a great movie, but I've literally only seen it one time because it came out in the nineties. Yeah. So I, I watched I'm it from start to times. finish one time. The new one is coming out. It, honestly, it's not something I would like. Like all Seek of mine, out. yeah, I would probably watch. Another, would, well, like another said, good one is they, White Men Can't Jump's a good. A that good is a great movie. So those are some of our honorable mentions. Obviously, we're going to be missing some. Mm-hmm. The replacements. I feel like that's one. Oh, that's that a good mention. movie. Yeah, but I don't feel like going down this. Uh, this sheet a lot of, of good, good sports movies. We did our top fives, and you're going to have to live with it. So that was top five sports movies. Hopefully, you liked our list, and if you hated our list, tweeted us, posted us on Instagram, tell us what movies we should have put in there, which ones were better. But all, of, all in all, I had a pretty fun time. What about you? Yeah. It was uh, fun to just put it together. Yeah. I mean, there's probably definitely we missed some that we missed, but yeah. I love doing that, that segment. Oh, yeah. It was, was a lot cool. of fun. So to wrap up, let's do our top of the hill takes and let's get out of here. All right. I'll go first because I thought of mine off the dome is the NBA draft is coming up as the season is now just concluded and the Detroit Pistons have the number one overall pick. In all likelihood, they're going to get Cade Cunningham, mm-hmm. who's an absolute stud coming out of Oklahoma State. So therefore, my top of the hill take the Detroit Pistons are going to make the playoffs next year. Take it. Take it. That's Can crazy. I bet on that? Can I bet that they'll make the playoffs? The, the, yeah, they probably have like the f- fifth worst odds or something. All right, like I'm that. putting all my savings on it. <laughs> Let's see how that plays out. Okay, Watch them really, win it all. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to put all my savings on it. Maybe I'll make a bet, though. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> With that being said, what is your top of the hill take? Hmm. Almost, so the first one that came into my mind was about the Warriors. No idea why, but I think that even with Clay being healthy again and Steph coming off the season that he just had, and what they got James Wiseman, they still got Draymond Green. I'm Andrew gonna Wiggins. say, uh, yeah, the, I don't know Kelly Oubre Jr. They're gonna do something with Juan Bitcoin, Toscano Anderson. Oh yeah, even with all those names. I feel like they're going to be a seven seed this upcoming season. When Steph Curry holds up his runner-up trophy because Cade Cunningham's holding up the finals MVP, <laughs> just know that you heard it here first on top of the hill. That being said, that does it for us on this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed what you listened to. Hopefully you got to learn a little bit more about fly dill and some fly fishing. I absolutely learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry we weren't around to cover the NBA Finals, but that's why we gave you this breakdown. We're going to have another episode out soon. I'm hoping to get Brandon Simberg back on the pod mm, to talk yeah. NBA draft before that happens. That'd be cool. If that does happen, you'll hear it here first on Top of the Hill. That's all.